presentation on the worldwide leader of Marshall University Athletics coverage, the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. It's time for Sports Buzz, WMUL's weekly sports talk show with a competitive twist. Four enter, but only one will leave as this week's champion of current sports topics. And now, here's this week's moderator. And good evening. Welcome to Sports Buzz tonight on this first Wednesday of the month of October. I'm Justin Zimmer. we got a great cast with us tonight as we get ready to go. A lot of debates and we'll get underway. A lot of new faces at the desk, so we will be guaranteed a first-time winner tonight. So we're going to start off with Chance right in front of me. Chance, get introduce yourself. Yeah, my name is Chance Gunther. I am a junior here at Marshall. And um, I'm just ready to get to it. I'm excited to get started. Oh, I'm Victoria Levine, and I'm a Marshall University alumni from Huntington, West Virginia. Hi, I'm Nate. Uh, I'm a freshman here at Marshall, and I'm from Fairfax, Virginia. Hey, I'm back again this week. This is Kyle Spalding. Uh, I'm a junior sports journalism major, and I'm from Logan, West Virginia. All right, great, great cast. First time for a lot of people on the panel. So great to have you with us. A great to have you part of the sports staff. Let's get to the issue of the week in the National Football League. And when I say the issue of the week, it'll probably be the issue of the month, the issue of the year, and now probably the issue of the season. And depending on how things how go for the rest of two, this young man's life, it could be issue of his life. Tua Tagovailoa. So the story in summary is this: the Sunday before the game against the Bills, he gets injured second quarter. Hits the back of his head. He comes back into the game. He played, So he comes back in after having sustained a little bit of a concussion. Go to Thursday night in Cincinnati. Second quarter. Dangerous hit. Out for the rest of the game. Similar concussion protocols. However, this time goes to an independent doctor in Cincinnati. Goes to the hospital. And after that, flies home with the team Thursday night. As of right now, the Dolphins have not put him on IR, but they said he will be out for Sunday's game against. So, let's get into really the debate here with Miami. In a year, in, in really they've been embroidered in scandals all, all offseason and now into the season. Do we need to make a change? Is it time to make a change to the concussion protocol considering what we saw last Sunday and Thursday night? We'll start off with uh, Victoria on this one. Oh, well, no. Given that Tagovailoa, and I'm going to start seeing you Tua after this because that Tua Tagovailoa is a tongue twister. You know, he exited the game against Buffalo in the first half, and the team initially announced he suffered a head injury, and he sustained it from a hit from linebacker Matt Milano. And Milano was flagged later on for roughing the passer on that play. But more importantly, I took the time to go back, and I looked at that video probably 10 or 15 times and I noticed that Tua he was sitting he got up but he shook his head he stumbled and then he trotted across the field and as he was trotting five six or seven steps he literally flopped down then he tried to get back up and then he later was held up by two of his teammates now I have a concern that this protocol had not been in place sooner now than what it is now but um it's better late than never 
But I was concerned when head coach Mike McDaniel told reporters that Tua had suffered a lower back injury in the first place, which was exasperated by the hit, obviously, from Milano, and that caused his stumble. But the thing is, is I understand that a concussion is a concussion, and a head injury is a head injury. So I just don't understand why he was playing within four to five days in the next game. It was, it was honestly, it was hard to watch. I went back and watched the um, hit the second game after the Bills game against the Bengals. I mean, he did get, he got slung to the ground like a ragdoll in sense. And when he hit, it was hard to watch because his fingers curled up. Like, you could tell he was completely just stuck in the position he was in. He couldn't move. And when you go back and look at the coach, what he said after the game was over, he said that Tua was cleared to play by the, by the doctor. And that doctor has now been fired after the second game. But the problem is, do we really think that the doctor signed him off or do we think the coaches wanted the doctor to sign him off because they didn't want to play without him? That's what it really comes to. I think a lot of this stuff, if people say the doctors clear all these players with concussion problems, and I don't think these doctors are truly clearing them. I think it's the coaches are sticking to what they know and they want the guy to play. So these coaches put these guys out there without regards for their life because they're making millions. The coach really don't care. They just want to win games. Absolutely, and that kind of leads into my point. I, I was thinking, you know, the biggest change that needs to be made with the whole NFL is just looking at these players yep. as human beings instead of just, you know, football players or pieces to their business that they're going to use until they, you know, have no more use for them. Um, I think if they start looking at them as, in, you know, human beings that have a life after the NFL and have a life even when they go home after practice and after the games, they will – have a lot more consideration for whether, you know, they send him back out on the field with a head injury because one more wrong hit could ruin his life forever, yeah. you know? And the question is, like, what do you do about the situation? And the only real thing I can think to do is you've got to bring in outside parties to come and check these players out. You can't have people that are in the franchise that are doing what they're told for money on top of that, like, we don't know what's, who's corrupt in the NFL. We, a lot of stuff's been going on in the NCAA about corrupt with players getting paid. You don't think it's any higher in the NFL? They're doing the same thing. Like, these guys go out there against their will. You need to have a whole, like a whole reboot of the system in the NFL to come in and check these players out in case they are injured and they do have a concussion. Like, people are losing their lives, losing memory, losing actual functionality of the brain. Look at Antonio Brown. Now that he's out of the NFL, you've seen that. You know, his brain obviously got affected while he was in the league. Now it's causing him to act irrationally, yeah. you know, all the time. He didn't act like that before, you know, he played in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you look at his injury history, I'm pretty sure he only had one or two concussions over the course of his career. But then when you look at the way he's acting now, that obviously doesn't equate. Yeah. I don't know much about that, Antonio Brown. I used to. I used to honestly, sorry, I used to feel that Antonio Brown had a little bit of other stuff going on. I just think some of it was yeah. attention getting. Now, and he might be, you know, ADD. I don't know. And I don't know as far as his concussions, how long ago they were. But in getting back to Tua, if nothing else for a precautionary measure, which they could have done when he got injured in that Buffalo Bills game, when any player gets hit in the head, I really believe it should be an automatic two-week protocol. I'm just saying. Absolutely, that, I agree. Yeah, that way like that can give the doctors and the medical staff a chance to an opportunity to carefully observe the impact of the head injury thoroughly 
And what these professionals did was senseless and mind-boggling. No, I agree, because um, whenever he comes out of the game like that and you see him like he stumbles off the field, right. I, I feel like any situation – I mean, players get hit in the head a lot. I don't think every time, but whenever mm-hmm. you have a guy react like he did when he came stumbling off the field, falling down, there should definitely be a two-week protocol at bare minimum. They right. shouldn't be allowed to play. No doubt in my mind Yeah, I mean, that, four, that many of the viewers saw it. Yeah, I think four days is way too short. Personally, I don't even think he should have went back in the game against the Bills. Yeah. I think that was dumb. I think that the doctors should have really said to the coaches, if it was the coaches' like influence, like, no, he's not going back in the game. Because, I mean, especially what happened during the Cincinnati game, yeah. that's dangerous. I mean, sometimes only two concussions, if they're not treated right. I mean, people have been, you know, they haven't been able to walk the rest of their life because of stuff like this. I think it needs to be taken way more seriously. Yeah. Absolutely. What it comes down to is these coaches are really they're playing God at that point. Like they're deciding whether these guys go out there and risk their life or not. He don't have to play, but if the if the if the doctor doesn't actually release it, and it's the coach's influence on the doctor's position at, at the job, which he still lost in the end. Right. Absolutely. And if if it's really the coach, the one that you know making these players go out and play even when they're hurt, as a player, how do you continue to trust these coaches week after week with you know? Because playing football is obviously very scary. You get hurt a lot. So how do you continuously trust these coaches and these doctors when they continuously send you out there now, when you're hurt? Now you're talking, Chance, because it's not so much to me as thinking, oh, well, the coach put him in. Well, guess what? So did those doctors because they're the ones that made this evaluation. And if you looked at Tua, he was dazed and confused. I mean, he fell back take, down. Yes, he, he was shaking his head when he was sitting down. So I don't know how in the world these professionals could look at that situation just at a, a flip in a moment. And a flip in a moment, he got an impact. So at a flip in a moment, you're going to make a, a, a decision and feel like, oh, he's good to go. Like, are you serious? So four days later, we're back in the same situation. Now what? Now you're ready to take action and proceed with, oh, we need some um, some precautionary measures. Well, now it's too late. He's already gotten hurt again. Thank and you. Other than that, what are going to be the repercussions for these doctors and coaches that still sent him back out there to play? Like, okay, they get fired, but if there's long-term effects on his life, being fired is not enough. No. You know, no. those that's his life. That's Absolutely the rest of his not. life. So Absolutely not. There need I mean, to be bigger repercussions for the people You're talking about messing with the, the brain and possibly even a spinal cord. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't even know if that even entered their mind, you know, because if he's shaking his head, that's neurological. Right. Okay, so you cannot ignore that. Let me show you all or just read off to you all a tweet from Christopher Nowinski, who is an American neuroscientist and author, co-founder, and CEO of the Concussion Legacy Foundation. So he focuses in concussions. Before the game against the Bengals, Chris tweeted, if Tua takes the field tonight, it's a massive step back for hashtag concussion carry in the NFL. If he has a second concussion that destroys his season or career, everyone involved will be sued and should lose their jobs, coaches included. We all saw it. Even they must know this isn't right. This is before the game against the Bengals. So they've already fired the doctor, but that brings back to the situation where if the coaches are involved, should the coaches be fired too? And I honestly think so because I feel like they have pulled. If you've been in this field for 15, 20, 25 years and you've seen these kinds of incidents – Something hindsight can't be but 50 50, but for so much. So, you have to take some ownership and thinking, like, you know, I'm going to have to override these doctors in this instance because this is my quarterback. Yeah, see, this is my quarterback. So, I don't think they were even thinking in that measure, right? The head coach is always supposed 
Gotcha. Uh, the head coach is always supposed to look out for his players, you know, first and foremost. And I don't understand how he looked at Tua and, you know, just let him back in the game. As a head coach, you're always supposed to look out for your head, your players, especially yeah. your quarterback. I'll put a follow-up in on this. Mike McDaniels, young head coach. This is his first NFL co- head coaching gig. You don't want to place blame on either party here. But do we? Do you look back at the McDaniels' decision to at least have him play Thursday night? Because you mentioned it, there was a high-risk of concussion. The issue I think most people are going to have is him flying home on the team play. So, Nate, how much responsibility, at least as of now, not knowing all the facts, does McDaniels get, at least in some of this, and how this has gone down? You know, I really don't know. I think that's more... I feel like that has to be more collaboration with the doctors because, I mean, they're the ones that are supposed to look after the player's health in the long run. Well, here's the thing. There just should have been better reasoning behind this situation, period. When I studied some things and I went online and I was trying to find some information, you know, one of the, the, one of the new neurological doctors they have now, he said, Tua, before he can even think about returning, he has to go through a systems test. He has to go through a neurological testing. He has to go through testing to show that he's back to his baseline where he started. I suppose that's quarterbacking, but that falls through and to the medical staff again. So there's no timetable even for his return. He could be out for maybe another month or two or maybe the rest of the season. Yeah, you never know the long-term effects with these types of, you know, injuries. That's why it's always extremely important to make sure you're looking out and you follow the correct protocols that are – I don't know if the correct protocol is in place right now, um, but if it's not, we definitely need to get one in there that better protects our players because two is just a prime example of they don't have something in place that's protecting our players. And maybe even so, once they institute this um, protocol – Again, like I was uh, alluding to, that coach, that head coach should really have some say so in. You know, even though they said he was good to come back in that game, I think he probably knew conscientiously possibly he was not. This might be considered conspiracy in a way, but I don't know how much you can put on Mike McDaniel depending on how it comes off from the head office above him. Like, whenever you're in this situation, he's a new coach, first year for the team. So doctors may not clear Tua, and, or they do clear Tua, and he's questioned putting him back in the game. You've got the owner of the franchise calling the coach saying, if the doctors say he can play, play him, even if the coach doesn't want to play him. Because the franchise is what makes money off of this guy. So that's when right. Tua becomes more of an action figure than he does a person right. to the guys that are making billions off of him. So mm-hmm. it may not be Mike McDaniel's fault. It may be higher up. Right, but isn't it, isn't it also Mike McDaniel's job to – tell that owner hey i'm looking out for this player's best interest let's look at him as more than a football player more than a piece of our business and let's look at his life and even long term because even if Tua gets hurt long term that only hurts the dolphins long term now they gotta look for another quarterback yeah i agree so it's smart to just go ahead and get in front of it and you know just make sure that he's protected in the first no i agree but that comes down to the owner's morals more than anything really. right that's right. when responsibility plays a big role yeah and what you believe in but i mean at the end of the day if it's somebody's head somebody's brain that's where you need to like focus the most and make sure you're doing the right things to get that person safe yeah especially with i mean so much in the world i mean we're going to see concussion we've been seeing it for years now but we're about to see it constantly with a name like two it often start out three and oh now they're three and one 
because he got injured. I mean, you have a player like that making a name for himself, it's going to be all over everything now. And especially and nowadays with mental health being such a thing, like mental health problems, it's everywhere in the world nowadays. And the results of a concussion that isn't taken care of properly is a mental health problem, and it can turn into from 1 to 30. I mean, PTSD, right. anything from that situation. Right, and it's sad that a situation like this had to happen for them to actually start cracking down and investigating on the concussion protocols and everything like that because I wonder now how many players that don't have big names that have been through this same exact situation yeah. that are now retired and have long-term brain problems, but it was never thought about because we don't know their names. They're just the 52nd yeah. man on and, the roster. And you're talking guys that are retiring in two, three years in a league. Right, barely right making enough money to yeah. live the and, rest of their lives, but now they can't don't. work because their them heads don't. They really don't make it. And then, again, two and three decades ago, they weren't really this – um, intense with you know when somebody had a head impact or injury they yeah. just wanted to win the game right. and get the money but you know what last night I didn't even think nothing about a concussion until I thought about when I was on my job and we were taken going to meet at a neutral spot at a grocery store lot taking one child from one bus and putting her on the other well I had not sat down good the driver just took off hit a big round stone stump my head hit the front of the the um pole where you go up on the step on the bus fell back hit the floor and they said i was on the floor saying what happened i don't even remember saying that yeah. i mean i mean yeah. it was crazy yeah, yeah. I, uh, the worst the only thing i've never had a concussion but the only thing i came close was a high school soccer game i went for a header went to head it back and a kid from the other team had headed forward hit me in the back of the head i mean I, my ears were ringing i was lost i thought my ears were bleeding and I come up out of it, they check me, no concussion. So if I'm getting hit head on, like head to head in a soccer game, can you imagine what these players who are getting hit by 350 pound professionals? Like uh, yes. the damage that they're getting done, not only to their head alone from concussion, but also to their spinal and the neck area when they get rocked like that. Mm -hmm. And between those two players, they um, what, excelled right at 650 to 700 pounds. So you just think oh, about yeah. one pounding, you turn around and get another pounding yeah. that's 150 plus more pounds than the first impact, which he probably wasn't healed from the initial impact to get the second impact. Yeah, and that's a lot of force going to one thing, too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean... Your body can only take so much force to mm -hmm. it. And when you have numerous hits of like 500 pounds of force or more to your head, you know, that's just, that's another reason why we got to pay attention to concussions and all that. Absolutely. Yeah. Great discussion on it. Again, you know, it's going to be a developing story. The NFL PA has said they will pursue all legal options on Tua Tagovailoa. I know Kyle's a Steelers fan, so we'll get to this one. And last week he was begging for the arrival of the Kenny Pickett era. At least it got underway in Pittsburgh. Well, did it go well? Eh, by some standards, two touchdowns, three picks, and a late start. Tomlin names Kenny Pickett the new starting quarterback starting this Sunday against the Bills. Is it too early to start Kenny Pickett? We'll start off with Kyle on this one. No, I'm happy for it. I really am. I mean, coming into that second half, you can say what you want, but yeah, he threw a pick in the beginning to Claypool, and to be fair, he threw a bomb. It hit Claypool right in the hands. Claypool somehow barely dropped it. I mean, it should have been caught. After that pass alone, he throws another pick, but besides those two picks early on, dude played perfect. I mean, had a complete perfect percentage other than those two picks, and at the end of the game, he throws a Hail Mary, which is I mean, Hail Mary picks, they don't even really count when you're going for a game winner like that. you got three defenders on one receiver at the end of the end zone. 
He also threw for 36 more yards than Trubisky. I mean, I just – I don't even think it's a contest, really. The kid's got spunk. He, th- he threw like he wasn't scared. His passes were more accurate than Trubisky on Sunday. And I feel like when you're putting him into the position to play a team like the Bills, you're not putting this kid up against the four teams you just played. You played four mediocre teams early on in the season. The Bengals had a horrible start. Brown started horrible. Jets somehow won games. And then the Patriots with Mac Jones, who is now out. I mean, I think this is a good first game to put him as a starter because you're playing a guy like Josh Allen. Like, you're watching what's going on in that game. You're learning from him mid-game. And it gives you a chance. If you lose this game as a starting quarterback, it doesn't really go against you that much because you're the young guy playing against a veteran who's unreal and an unreal defense on that team too. Absolutely. And I don't think it's necessarily – I think I don't think it's too early, but not because of what Kenny Pickett has done, but just because of what his competition is. Like, when you look at Mitch Trubisky, you've already seen his peak basically in the NFL. Like, he was low-tier – at the Bears and he hasn't played well for the Steelers so like why I don't understand where the competition was at to begin with when you drafted Pickett in the first round you know what I'm saying like Pickett should have been the day one starter in my opinion just to see what you've already seen what Trubisky has let's see what Pickett has because if he plays those first four games against those mediocre teams like you mentioned the whole outlook on Pickett could be completely different but you gave those games to Trubisky Trubisky and he didn't do anything in them anyways so so there you go. Can I add on he to that point? It? Yeah, so, I mean, we saw it in preseason, right? I mean, Kenny Pickett literally played better than both. Played both, better than Rudolph both and Trubisky. Yeah, I mean, I was, when they announced Mr. Trubisky as the starting quarterback for the Steelers week one, I was very confused because, I, like, the entire preseason I was watching and I felt like Pickett was just more comfortable on the field. He was able to move around better, complete better passes. I mean... I feel like he should have been the starter from day one. I don't know why they waited to put him in for the longest I time, but tell you why they waited. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, to me, I just don't understand why they waited. But. Well, here's the way I look at it, gentlemen. Sometimes when they make those number one drafts, they pay big bucks for them. Now, Trubisky had his time. He was like really messing up in that game, and so they had to make a decision, and they put in Pickett. He did, like you said, got three interceptions, but he got two rush uh, touchdowns. But he unseated Mitchell Trubisky at that hour, at that moment. And it was his time. You know, they have not done this since 2004, since Ben Roethlisberger was entrenched, inserted, because Steelers were losing. And um, he's been Big Ben ever since. So I believe that, you know, Pickett is going to do quite well. I think he's going to own, hold his own, and the Steelers want it, and they announced the change. So the fans, you're going to have some Trubisky fans. You're going to have some Pickett fans, and Pickett played well enough that, you know, they chose reason to insert him. But more importantly, he was on his home turf where he played for for University of Pittsburgh. See, now when it comes to – I hate to say this because it breaks my heart to say this, but the reason why Trubisky played as many games as he did is because of Ben Roethlisberger. During a during a report, Roethlisberger was or he admitted to saying that the team had decided to go with Trubisky. And after two games in, he said that he knew that if Trubisky didn't play well, he was going to get all this hate because he was with the new franchise. And Roethlisberger was actually the one that made the decision, talking with Tomlin and the offensive coordinator, to keep Trubisky in because he said that he thinks that it's just the nerves getting to him. 
So the reason why he started in that game was against the Jets was because of Roethlisberger's statements and started throughout the season. We found out that he was the reason why. And with Ross, with Roethlisberger, and like you said, when he came in, when he first came in the season, it was whenever their quarterback had gotten hurt, whenever Tommy Maddox had gotten hurt. Right. And he came in and played unreal. And you, besides throw the picks away, because Trubisky, he really Trubisky didn't even have a bad game in that Jets game. He was throwing, he threw good. Through the only pick he had, he had one pick that game. He threw seven for thirteen. The only reason he had that pick is because he threw it to Deontay Johnson and it went right through his hands. Mm-hmm. I mean, he hit both his hands, went over top of him. Cornerback picked it off. There's nothing you can do about that. That wasn't really Trubisky's fault. So I don't think he played bad, but. You play the whole first half, you only have 84 yards, and this rookie comes in, has 120 with picks, and two of those picks were bombs trying to get something to go before the game ended. Okay. Go ahead. (laughs) Sure. With that being said, though, you got to keep in mind, the Steelers are only winning 25% of their games. Okay. So there there has to be a shift somewhere, and I think that's why they made the shift. Yeah, and I also think that when you look at Pickett and you look at Trubisky, like Pickett obviously has the way higher ceiling. So I think yeah. getting this out there earlier would have just benefited way more instead of wasting that time with Trubisky. And also, Pickett is a lot more versatile than Trubisky is. Trubisky can move a little bit, but Pickett's highlight play of his college career is a what? What? How long was that run? Fifty yard run where he fake yes. slid yeah. and then got up and yes. kept on running. So like, obviously, Pickett is the more versatile quarterback of the Smarter. two, and you'll be able to incorporate a lot. <laughs> more versatile run plays as well as like RPOs, read options, things like that with Pickett versus if you have Trubisky back there. When they had Trubisky, their offense was the same as the last couple years with Big Ben, just real short passes and run game. They didn't really take many chances down the field, but when Pickett came in, that was almost his very first pass was a bomb down the field. That's what I'm saying. It's just a lot. He he opens up a lot more than Trubisky does. So we're all in agreement he should have probably started, and guess what? With this mindset, they probably would have, could have, should have won all of those games. No, you never, I, no doubt. You, no you doubt. never know. So sometimes as a head coach, even if it's a gut instinct, well, do we put him in, not put him in, they could have tried that from day one. No, I agree. And the problem is you have four close games with all the teams you play. The Browns game ended in the main end, and it's because your offense cannot deliver. We played the Bengals' first game and had five picks on the previous Super Bowl quarterback in Joe Burrow. Five mm. picks. Like it was nothing. Yeah, that game was more of our defense than it was yeah. the offense. You have five interceptions and you only score 20 po- or 23 points. You win the game 23-20. You won the game off of a field goal in OT. That should never happen. And it's because you got lucky that the <laughs> defense played so thinking. well is Minka Fitzpatrick blocked a field goal at the end of the game. Like, there's no way you should be in that situation. It was like it was literally defense versus both offense and defense. Yeah, like, and there was also, no offense at all. And then also the advantage that Pickett would have had in that game as well. That specific game is... He's not scared to launch it. That and nobody really has film on Pickett. Nobody nobody can really game plan for Pickett the way they can game plan for Trubisky. Like, yeah, they have college film, but college and NFL is obviously... Yeah, it's not the same playbook or anything. Yeah, it's completely different. But you actually have NFL film of Trubisky that you can study, know his tendencies, know Mm -hmm. what he's going to do. But Pickett, he's just coming in... You know, fresh off of college, you don't really know what he's going to do, how he's going to do it, or if he's going to be any good. That's yeah. an excellent point. And and that's what I'm and that's what I'm saying because when you have a guy like Trubisky, I said this last week on the show. Every time that he's on the field, it's the same thing. It's a short screen pass. 
It's a rush by Harris. It's a rush by Trubisky because he's getting – he somehow just spends one second in the pocket. He's got blockers, but he still just takes off. Yeah. He doesn't even look. He looks. He scans the field one time, rushes. Three yards, gets stuck down. If he does throw the long ball, it's way over their head or their defenders like Pickens had to reach back and grab it over his shoulder falling down. Like right. None of the passes were good, so every team we played for those four games – were pressure defense. Right. Eight, they played the, the close box. game. Eight yeah, the they box. played close. There's no reason to play back if he's not going to throw it. And when he does throw it, it's nowhere near where it's supposed to be. You now, won't see that out of Pickett. It'll be a totally right. different ball. Now game. Where he's going to throw the ball, run the ball, or do something, come out that pocket. Yep. Now where Pickett has shown that he'll throw it down the field, though, that'll also open up the run game for Harris mm-hmm. to get going because yeah. we all know he's a great back. It's just hard to run when there's eight in the box, ready, just sitting there on the run the whole see, time. See, and what you said, that – People don't understand how much that pass he – I don't care if he threw a pick. That pass that he threw after getting – first completion on fourth down this whole season, by the way, was whenever he ran that little one-yarder and then the next play threw that bomb to Claypool. When you got a rookie coming out on his second first down attempt and launches yep. a 60-yarder to Claypool, that pass should have been completed. Claypool just muffed yeah. it. I mean, really. So you've got this rookie comes out and launches a 60-yarder just because he feels like it. That's a statement. Like, you don't but know if this yes. going to do this the rest of the season. He but might it shows keep... his confidence. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It shows his confidence. shows his comfortability as well. Yeah. But I think that also helped. I think it also helps the fact that he played at Pitt for four years. Yeah. So, I mean, it's he's like. hometown hero. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's on the same field, same atmosphere. I mean, different leagues, but, I mean, still. All right. Great discussion there. Sorry, I queued up the outro a couple seconds. I was going to break. But, anyway, interesting stat there with the Steelers. Their margin of victory and the mar- their, their their total margin of their final scores this year between their score and the opponents after four games, five point five. So maybe a change is what the doctor orders for the Pittsburgh Steelers. When we come back, is there a quarterback battle brewing down in Big D? And is Aaron Judge on his way to the Hall of Fame? That and more on Sports Buzz coming up right after this. Listen up, because I don't think you appreciate me. Just because you got a license don't mean you all that when it comes to driving. Let me give you a few tips so that we'll both live to see another day. First, seatbelt on. You're not evil Knievel, you know, so buckle up. Hey, why aren't you letting that ambulance by? Pull over. Yeah, that's right. Big red sign, eight sides, four large letters in white, S-T-O-P. How about doing what you told for a change? And turn that music down. No need for it that loud. You better use that hands free if you're going to talk. Otherwise, pull over. Now, why in the world aren't you using your signal? If you're turning, show it. Uh-oh, bad weather ahead. Those lights better be coming on soon. Not only is this smart, it's the law. Now, there's nothing more stupid and embarrassing than being pulled over for something stupid. See, those who say listen to your car really know what they're talking about. Brought to you by WMUL. Golly, there's nothing to do. Wally is at baseball practice. Jane has her piano lesson. It's Friday afternoon, and Timmy's having a little trouble with boredom. You know, Timmy, the best way to beat boredom is join an after-school program? Nice try. Take Sue to the malt shop? Not quite. Well, what is it? 
listening to WMUL, of course. Why didn't I think of that? 88.1, right? You're catching on. Boredom will be a thing of the past once you listen to 88.1 WMUL. Burks gets a piece of that one. Flipped the bat. That one's not coming back. Blakely Burks is going to get a three-run homer. Elmore will pull up for three. He did get found. He knocked it down. Oh, my gosh. John Elmore. Johnny Buckets with ice in his veins. Joseph will take it instead, and that'll be in the back of the net. Past Yusuf Aglu. Goal, thundering herd. Levias split out wide by himself. Green looks to Levias. It's a go route. Levias bobbles it, makes the catch. Levias still on his feet at the 25, 20, 15, 10, 5 touchdown. A one play, 75 yard touchdown pass. Mayo kicks it out. Shine. Three ball. Bingo! The ball is played to Mayor Abutea. Abutea sends it into the box. Morgan White's there, and Morgan White finds the goal! the worldwide leader of Marshall University sports coverage, WMUL-FM Huntington. Hmm, really dragging. I think I'm going to try some of those energy shots everybody's talking about. How about trying WMUL energy instead? WMUL energy? What's that? Only the best energy you can get. What flavors does it have? It comes in seven exciting flavors. Bluesberry, Jazz Pizzazz, Absolute Alternative, Resilient Rock, Ultimate Urban, Rejuvenating Gospel, and Moxie Mornings. Available everywhere WMUL-FM's energy may be heard. 1-800-222-1222 If you think it might be poison, then the first thing you should do is call 1-800-222-1222 Poison is the kind of thing you're not supposed to touch. Old prescriptions, cleaning stuff, or spider bites and such. If you swallowed something bad or think you took too much, call the Poison Control Center Hotline. We're the people you can trust. For poison emergencies or just questions, the Poison Control Center Hotline is here 24-7 with the expert help you need. Free and confidential. We hope you never need us, but keep our number by the phone. one 800 1-800-222-1222 If you think it might be poison and you don't know what to do, call 1-800-222-1222. A message from your Poison Control Center. And welcome back to Sports Buzz on this Wednesday night. Justin Zimmer alongside Victoria LaFon, Chance, Nate, Nate Courtney, and Kyle Spalding. Chase, Chase together as well. Um... Not gonna eliminate anybody. Uh, I'm a little more nicer, so we're not gonna do eliminations. So I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice guy, Kyle. I'm a nice guy. All right. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Uh, let's get into um, the MLB. Last night, Aaron Judge hits home run number 62, breaking the all-time record set by Roger Maris, at least in the American League. So, are we automatically setting the Judge for the bronze bust in Cooperstown? We'll start this one off with Nate. I think so. I mean, if you're good enough to break the American League home run record, I feel like you should be. I mean, and he's all, like, aside from that, though, he's just a great player. So I think I think if he continues to play like this and continues for the Yankees, I think he'll have no problem getting on into the Yankees Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think just this season alone should put him in there because that record was, you know, in place for 61 years. So that obviously means it was a pretty rough record to reach. 
and for him to do that I, I think that that is enough you know and also he's had good seasons before and I'm sure this won't be his last good season so I, I, I think he's a pretty much a lock on the Hall of Fame I don't know about that I don't think he's I don't think he's Hall of Fame yet Fun fact, though, by the way, that record prior to him breaking it was 61 home runs. It was 61 years ago in 1961. <laughs> yeah. That's wild. That's, That's pretty cool, man. But I don't know, man. The guys, he was a 2017 MVP nominee, and he's got the 2017 and 2021 Silver Slugger Awards. And, I mean, all-star, this and that. I mean, he's had great seasons, but outside of those, a nominee and two Silver Sluggers and this record – which is just 62 in a season. Don't get me wrong, it's great, but what has he really done? He's got no World Series, no MVPs. It's like talking basketball and saying, hey, is Carmelo Anthony a Hall of Famer? He's a great player, unreal all-time, but he never won anything at all. Okay. All right, let's take a take a. Take I'm it not easy. saying Melo's not a Hall of Famer. Take it easy I on Carmelo. Is. I'm going to share with something with you. Carmelo's my cousin. No way. Oh, yes I, way. Yes, way. I said he's a Hall of Famer. Oh, that's all right. I, I know said he deserves mm. it. Well, my best <laughs> yeah. friend's favorite player is Carmelo. Saying. Th- this is the thing. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was going to say, you know, um, Aaron Jed is a, a massive guy. Like, he could have been a wide receiver. or um, He is a baseball player. It's what other sport I'm trying to think of. Baseball, soccer. Anyway, that's not important. He's just so massive, but he is um, a very young young guy. He's, what, about 27, 28? So he has quite a bit of time before you just declare him a Hall of Famer. Yeah. You can't see into the future, and you don't know if somebody else is going to start smacking that ball just like him. And, yes, exactly. the 61 years, the 61 record, you know, that's ironic in itself. Yeah. But it was good to um, know that Maris's son was there when he hit the 61st home run, and then his mother as well. But I had a problem with that 61st home run. I think it was a little boy, was he 16, maybe 15, whatever, that gave that ball back to him. I don't think he should have had to give that ball back to him. Now, maybe maybe, maybe the 62 one, or, or when he tied it, or was it the 60th ball? One of them, it was 60. One of the kids yeah, gave six, him that. Yeah, it was 61, that's right. Back, yeah. He gave that ball back. Yeah. So I don't think he should have had to give that ball back. But I, I like the fact that security was on guard to, you know, give him that record-breaking ball, the 62nd home run. Right. And that that's, you know, that's that's um memorable. So I can see Pardon? Fan has the 62nd ball, the ball Are from last sure? night. Are you sure? Yeah. And they're trying to negotiate with said fan now to get that ball back. Yeah, they uh, oh, the so negotiate yeah, negotiations yeah, are intact. But I thought that they had. I thought they had chased him down that night. I looked at it and I thought they were chasing. That was sixty one. That was sixty one. Yeah, sixty one. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, oh, listeners, good. all my listeners, all my fans. <laughs> you know, I'm just still learning. Did you all see the uh, kid jump the fence? I did. See yes, the yes. I did see that. Oh, that smoke bomb. Oh, heck yeah. So you, you, you go ahead. You want to say something? Over yeah, there? I mean. I get that y'all don't really like. I mean, you guys aren't saying that he's a like a first-year Hall of Famer right now, but I think if he continues playing how he has oh, yeah. in his short career, if he continues like this, n- no way he's not. No, well, I agree. That's what I'm. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Back to the Carmelo thing. Car- right. Carmelo never won anything, but Carmelo. He was. But that's also from a team standpoint yeah, that's, too. That's what I was about to say. How that's much of that are you going to put on the individual? Because all saying. around a World Series is a team accomplishment. Yeah. You could be the yeah. greatest player in your sport right. of all time, but if you don't have the people to come along with you, you will never win anything. No, I right. Right. But what it comes down to is, 
Judge right now in this exact moment is not a Hall of Famer, oh. and he could get injured. His anything could happen to this guy. His career could go anywhere. Do I think if at the pace he's at now, if he continues, yes, he will be a Hall of Famer. But to go right now in this moment and say he's guaranteed Hall of Fame, I can't say guaranteed. Would you say this was the most untouchable MLB record, or one of them? I would say it's up there. Right. I'd say more of all time are the more untouchable records. Well, yeah, yeah, but seasonal records, like as in a season. Season record, this is probably one of the more untouchable. Right, so how how can you keep the person who has that record out of the Hall of Fame? Even if he gets hurt tomorrow, he has probably the most sought-after regular season record. How do you keep him out of the Hall of Fame when he's the holder of the most famous record? Yeah, it's like, it's like saying uh, John Stockton. As leader in steals, leader in assists. Yeah, you can't keep that guy out of the Hall of Fame. Not at all. Now, if it were like game records, like people like Scott Skiles, 30 assists, yeah. like that's that's a different ballpark. But right. seasonal record, no, I see what you're saying. Like he's up there. I just feel like we need to see how much more his career develops before we can say first ballot, yeah, he's got it. Well, Absolutely. He's, he's not the only one, you know, breaking records and making history. Isn't this Garrett Cole guy that set a Yankee record for what? 249 strikeouts or something in a season oh did he set that record i believe so that's 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 a great point yes wait this season yeah oh man so the yankees are looking pretty they got record breaking all around the whole and they're they're looking all right and they're still not the best record in the league with a team like that it's crazy to me yeah that is well that's sometimes okay so this is just like your example of uh, my cousin carmelo yes you know great player you know he can handle his own but he's not been on a, a winning team but then i think what really really you know even though we're trying to talk about a lot of different things i think what really hurt carmelo was the fact that they were tossing him around on these different teams for like two yeah. years and then one one team i can't remember what it was but i know it was donovan or one of them d's um they start with a d the, the last name of the coach had the audacity to try to make it look like that he agreed to wanting to sit on the bench because i would watch these games and i'm like why aren't they putting him in this is stupid. oh you're talking about billy donovan the Thunder yes. coach. yes the coach. yes and i think i think he had really i think he had a grudge against carmelo yeah. i can't i can't prove it but who lets a player that can give you at least 20 points in a game sit right. on the bench? Yeah, and I know, I know we've steered off topic from the MLB a little bit here with Carmelo. That's thing. all right. But um, one last thing, since we're already there and we're already talking about it with Carmelo, I'm sorry, was Chauncey Billups talked the other day. There was a – I I got you. I got you. But the last uh, – a little bit ago, Chauncey Billups had done a uh, podcast talking about what would have happened if Carmelo... Because the Pistons were supposed to draft Carmelo, and they passed on him. And Chauncey Billups went as far as to say is if they get Carmelo, they win it all They win. for years to go. They win said LeBron would at not, least five. They said LeBron would have probably went to... Well, not went somewhere else. But regardless, they said it would have been about more about Melo than it would have been about LeBron in that time. For sure. For because, sure. I mean, that team was unreal. But, uh, that back- Pistons team was crazy. Back to uh, Judge, though, I do think just this one season does make him a Hall of Famer because, like I said, he probably has the most sought-after regular season record that there is. And if if it – I think this record will be set for probably another 61 years. So even, even if Judge was time. to get hurt, how do you 20 years from now if judge was to get hurt and he don't make it in the hall of fame and then someone asks well who has the most home runs in a season oh it's aaron, aaron judge. judge 
Was he in the Hall of Fame? No. How does that sound? You know what yeah, I'm saying? Well, that's not happening. You know, you know it's just saying? a matter but of time. But even if he gets hurt, yeah. But even if he gets hurt, starting tomorrow, I feel like just based off of this record, he should he should be. In oh, there. absolutely. I can, see it. Yeah. can I add one more thing before you wrap it up? And then he has a really impeccable story, a personal story. You know that he was adopted, right? Yeah. If you didn't know, really. So yes, yes, he was adopted. So that's even more special. So I can't imagine. I don't know that if it's biological mother if they're like knows who he is but can you imagine because god blesses people with these gifts Mm -hmm. and for whatever reason it you know we don't know the story behind all of that but can you imagine even if you did have to give your child up saying that's my son right just holding that in your heart that's amazing so you talk about judge in the hall of fame roger maris the record who he broke last night not in the hall of fame Non, non the Pro Baseball Hall of Fame. So really, yeah, no, he's not in the hall. Yeah, the tables have turned. So wow. Judge could might be able to get in with sixty-two. But so, so what you're saying is I'm right. <laughs> no, the, the original record breaker, not in the Hall of Fame. He's yeah. in the Yankees Hall of Fame, not not in the Baseball yeah, Hall of Fame. Yeah. Interesting point. No, not not in the Pro Baseball Hall of Fame. He, he well, also you know played what? 61 years ago. Here's what they may do. Here's what you know. I think. See, again, you got to remember when did this all this Hall of Fame stuff start? That's what you got to look at. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was it so, around 61 yeah, exactly. years ago? Yeah, it was. it was. It's been around for baseball for about. So, so just, just maybe when Aaron goes to the Hall of Fame, if his son is still living, he can go on behalf in the honor of his father. They can take him. Because 61 and 61, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, for sure. And this, it, and if the record were to stay still for another 62 years, it would be 2084. I will not be allowed to see uh, it. All right. <laughs> uh, let's get back into, and also there's a $2 million offer out for that ball right now from the gentleman who caught it. They have identified said individual He's already been offered two million dollars to. That's right. I need. Yeah, I saw 10. that earlier. I need ten. Oh, no doubt. With a record like that. Yeah. To, to, I mean, to get he that could ball. Probably get five million off of that ball. I'd I have me 10. an attorney and I'd be negotiating. You know, because he has to have a life. This child or whoever it is has this ball. People are going to be following him, harassing him. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to probably up chuck and go somewhere else to another country. Security, and, all yes, kinds yes. of stuff. Yeah, so you have to have. Certain, you got to have some moolah to take care of that. Yeah. All right, so let's yeah. let's continue in Dallas. But this time over to football. Mike McCarthy and Jerry Jones seem to be at odds over their quarterback situation. Mike McCarthy says there's no quarterback competition. That's right. What does Jerry Jones say? Yes, there is. So, what is these Dallas doing surprisingly well without Dak Prescott? Should Dallas rush Dak back from his from his thumb injury? Dak says he's good to go. Let's start with, with chance on this one because right now you have. The owner and the GM of the Cowboys, owner GM Jerry Jones, and the head coach at odds over Dak Prescott. Right, and I think, honestly, I think it really just depends on Cooper Rush. If Cooper Rush continues to play good, I feel like they should rush Dak back because a quarterback controversy is the last thing you want in Dallas, especially with Jerry Jones as your owner. Everybody knows he's very out there and open in the media. He's going to stir up the controversy as much as possible, and that only hurts the mindset of both of the quarterbacks that you have. Maybe not Cooper Rush because his mindset is already as a backup quarterback, but Dak Prescott thinks that he's you know, your guy, and when you're showing him that he really may not be your guy, that could potentially affect his play on the field. And then you go back to Cooper Rush, and then, yeah, it could just all end up in a mess if Cooper Rush continues to play well to add to that controversy. I just don't like that, to be honest with you. I, why would you take 
somebody out that's doing so well just to put your your starter back in. Well, they paid him seventy what seventy five million dollars last year. I mean, to be honest though, I mean, why would you kill the momentum if the dude, if Cooper Rush is playing so well and he's one of the only undefeated quarterbacks in the league besides Jalen Hurts, why would you take him out? Like I get it, right. Dak. I mean, yeah, he's popular and he's like the really like he's their set in stone starting quarterback. But I mean, no. well, is he? If you keep playing Cooper Rush, is he? And this is what if, I'm, this is what but, I gotta say about that when it comes to Dak Prescott and Cooper Rush. I mean, you put okay, so Dak Prescott comes back, he's healthy again. Right now, you got Cooper Rush throwing an average sixty point eight completion. They won their last three games after taking a tough loss to Tom Brady in Cooper Rush's first game. You can't expect much against. He's playing the GOAT. You're you're going to be nervous in that sense. But then you win your last three games against Cincy, which is last year's Super Bowl team. Giants, commanders who haven't had a bad start to their season. Cooper Rush has played consistent and threw for over 200 in every game except for that Buccaneers game. Right. Now, and back, back to your point, Nate, though, you said why would you do that. And I think it's to the point where you need to get Dak back in the swing of things sooner rather than later because the longer you wait the closer you're getting to playoffs and you want Dak to be in full you know you want him to be on full go by the time he gets to the playoffs and another thing is with Cooper Rush it's just yeah he's playing good but it's kind of the same thing with Pickett nobody really has any film on Cooper Rush to they have the one game last year in Minnesota I think that that's really his only NFL action right yeah. Well, they might have sealed that game, you know, even against the Commanders, you know, went 3-1. and one. But Cooper is only winning because of that defense. Oh, absolutely. Now, the defense is only giving de- up. The defense, they're most the defense has given up since Cooper started playing is, what, 17 points? That's right. Points. So they are holding their own just like yeah, Serena so the holds defense, if, if the defense only gives up 17 points when Dak is at quarterback, I promise they'll just continue to win. Now, could, it be, right. so could right. it be like another Ben Roethlisberger situation? I mean— didn't Tom, I don't what, think it's going to be. I'm sorry. I mean, wasn't wasn't Tommy Maddox only out for a few weeks? Like when? Uh, um, um, or was he out? Brady for and Brady and yeah, exactly. Like, why would you? Bledsoe. This is Bledsoe, where I'm coming yeah. from. Like, why would you? Like, I get it. Like, he wasn't the starter at the beginning of the year, and like they didn't ever intend him to be the starter. What, like, why would you take him out of his groove if he's doing? I, I just well. think you got to take into consideration how will Cooper Rush look in the playoffs. Thank you, and chances made that point. What are, if? solely focused on Cooper Rush and they have a whole season of film to know his tendencies to know what he likes and to know like what he likes to do right now nobody really knows what Cooper Rush <clears throat> likes to do so they're just throwing base defenses out there hoping for the best because they don't know what his strengths are what his weaknesses are what to attack because they've never seen him in this type could of it be like that, could it be like the Eagles in 2016 or 17 but here's the, here's the whenever thing. it was here's but the, to Cooper Rush's um Credits. He has had no interceptions. Okay. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Because again, that defense is protecting him. So you don't see a brand in him. You're not going to see a brand in him no time soon. Everybody knows about you know Dak Prescott what he can do. And the thing is, is can will Cooper in a playoff if they make one or two or three, will he be able to think on his feet like yeah, Dak? I don't believe he will. I mean, could it be like another Nick Foles thing with the Eagles? See, Pardon? this is my thing right here. Is the Cowboys have been known for years past. Jerry Jones and the Cowboys to make horrible decisions when it comes to the roster and the team, who to start, who to play. And the problem is here, you've got Cooper Rush coming out of nowhere, having a great start. You've got all the fans supporting him because the Cowboys haven't had a good season, I can tell you how long, besides a few decent ones with Prescott. And 
if you take Rush out of the game now after three wins in a row and you put Prescott in and Prescott doesn't perform, you lose your back to a laughing stock of the NFL. Your fan base doesn't follow you anymore like they have. They've dropped off year after year well, because if you put that well, if you put him in and this is your star quarterback and he doesn't he doesn't produce fans are going to be screaming put rush back you, in put you rush can, back in you can almost argue though the cowboys are the laughing stock because every year cowboys well, fans are like super bowl super bowl You're super right. bowl mm-hmm. and then they lose in the first round every every season but another thing is how likely is it that the Dallas Cowboys are going to have another backup quarterback that can just come in and take over for the starting position? Because that's what happened with Dak and Tony Romo. Tony Romo yeah. got hurt a little bit. Dak yeah. stepped in. They're like, oh, we have a QB controversy. Tony Romo ends up losing his job. Well, Tony Romo was also late in his career, like 34, yeah. 35. Dak is what, 30? 20, 28, 29, Something 30? like that, yeah. Yeah, he's not young. So if Dak loses that job, now you have to trade Dak. What if that comes back to bite you? What if you come back to play Dak in the playoffs and he, he tears you up and you got Cooper Rush? That's do you true. do you sell your whole franchise on Cooper Rush? Because if Dak doesn't win this job back, he's not going to be a but, Dallas Cowboy quarterback for much longer. But you could say the same thing, vice versa. You start Prescott, and Prescott does decent, does bad, does good, whatever, and then Rush's contract is up and someone else signs Rush, and then next season Rush runs all over Prescott. I mean, it could go either way. But I think that you should, you should have more confidence in – the, the guy you paid $75 million versus the guy yeah, you absolutely. paid to be your backup. Right. It well, comes down to the money at the end of the day. Yeah, it comes down to the money. He also does get hurt a lot. It comes though. down you to have the, to think about that, though. He is unreliable with injuries. Absolutely. It comes down to the money, and it comes down to the win. So as long as they're protecting Cooper and winning, there's light at the end of the tunnel. As long as they're winning, there's more time for Dak to heal. So right. the bottom line right. is Dak was paid that money, and he what? will be back. But and I think he has to play with caution once released with that once released from the injury list. I definitely don't think they should rush back and rush him back in because I mean, if you want your starting quarterback back, you want to make sure he's healthy. But here, absolutely here's but the deal. You that might be true, but you don't know how he's doing in his training as he's right. headed back towards being the main leading quarterback right. again. You don't know what kind of trials and whatever he's going through you know he's not just gonna come up off the bench with a once upon a time messed up thumb finger or whatever yeah, and start no, throwing agree. the ball that's not happening yeah that's when practice comes in really that's what right. i'm just saying yeah. to you and the yeah. reason i do think that like i said they should rush him back is <laughs> the better cooper rush plays the scarier it gets for dak prescott because exactly. he's been that's playing true. well yeah yes. cooper yeah. rush has been playing well and they've been winning but that's just creating more controversy at that quarterback spot that has never shown to be a good thing with teams. It's no, always, it always a good thing to know who your guy is specifically. But you want to know who your guy is. If Dak had never hurt that thumb, hand, or whatever, they wouldn't even be having this conversation. Oh, absolutely. No, they would be right. talking about, oh, man, the Cowboys, this is their year. They're going all the way. So, you know, <laughs> you can't you can't just assume nothing. But I'd like to see Dak just come on back, you know, do what they got to do. Yeah. And, you know, as far as jury is concerned, because jury, jury be on that jury juice. Okay. Yeah. Jerry be on that jury juice. So, you know, he he probably know Dak at the man and saying something else. Absolutely. Just yeah. saying. Jerry Jones, the most entertaining man in football. Jerry Juice Man Jones. Yeah, Jer- Jerry Juice. There we go. That's a new one. <laughs> Trademark that, folks. Uh, let's get to the last question. That I, this has been a great discussion. Uh, I've been enjoying it. My math's wrong. There's 18 weeks in the season. Just for technical purposes, we're going to say a quarter of the season because that's, that's the way things used to be done. 
What team has been the most surprising team so far? And what team has been the biggest disappointment so far this season? We're going to start this one off with uh, Victoria. Oh, I think it would be the Eagles. I think they're an exciting team to watch. I think they thought the quarterback was a fantasy uh, quarterback, but they're showing that, you know, they have depth. They've lost five players in the game to injuries who did not return. Uh, that would be Jordan Mailata, his shoulder, Darius Slay, his forearm, and Isaac Sumala, his ankle, and Kyron Johnson and Patrick Johnson with head injuries. But, you know, you have to um, give credit to the general manager who has managed to put in some players as backup, you know, um, LT, Jack Driscoll, CB, cornerback, Zek McPherson, the running, um, the RG, Sue Alpeta, I can't even hardly say his name, and CB, Josiah, cornerback, Josiah Scott, they all have stepped in. The Eagles didn't seem to miss a beat. I think they're going to do well. I mean, it's going to be a shocker, but you never know. And that credit goes to the roster man, GM Howie Roseman, who has put all of these things, these pieces in place. Absolutely, and I, I think I got to agree with you there on the Eagles. Uh, but another team that I think really surprised me is the Giants. They are three and one right now, um, going into the season. I don't really think anybody could have predicted that the Giants would be three and one, especially with Daniel Jones at quarterback. But he's actually been playing pretty well. Uh, they've been running the ball extremely well. Pretty sure they're first in rushing in the whole entire league right now. And their defense, it, it doesn't have a lot of big names on their defense. Um, but as a whole unit, their defense does play really well together. So I think the Giants will, you know, they've been the biggest surprise, and I think they will continue to surprise teams. Uh, I think we'll the, see. I think you just may have won off of Justin being a fan because Justin's going crazy back there right now. As yeah. soon as you said Giants, he went nuts. But, but Justin will tell you who be picking all the teams to be winning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is my thing, though. I'm – I'm going to have to agree with y'all because that's who I picked was the Eagles. I think that the league might have a new dynamic duo in the Hurts and Smith. I think I mean, they do. Hurts. Plus Brown, too. He's like, yeah, you got no, so much yeah, to worry Brown's about. Brown's real, bro. But this, yeah, so far, Jalen Hurts just threw for 243, 333, 340, and 204. And they're 4-0. and Plus like, 4 on Sunday. They're, I mean, they're, they're playing unreal. Yes. He's got, he's got 1,120 yards on the season already in four games. And this is, what, second, third year? That's, yeah. Third. And then you've got a rookie receiver in him. And to be fair, Devontae, he's played great so far. He averaged, mm -hmm. uh, let me pull it up here real quick. In that game against the Commanders, he oh, averaged 21.1 yeah, like, yards yeah. per catch. He, he had crazy. 169 on eight receptions. And he didn't get targeted a lot in the last game against the Jaguars. He only had three receptions for 17 yards. But other than that, he's played in three games. He's got 266, and he's averaging 14.8 yards per reception. I mean, that's unreal for a rookie receiver and, to come out and do and that. And the Eagles' running game also is is. Oh, yep. Go. Yeah, yeah. Um. I like all your uh, choices. I think one that's kind of like, I guess it is kind of surprising is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, no, they're impressive. <laughs> yeah. They're impressive. Yeah. 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 Trevor Lawrence, I think, is, yeah. Trevor Lawrence is finally coming out of his yeah, show, and I like it. I think, think it was really out? more of. Yeah, no, I, I really do think that Trevor Lawrence has finally come out of his shell. I mean, you saw last year, didn't they only have like one, like two or three wins last year? Two? Yeah, I mean, what are they two and two this right now? Yep. Yeah, I mean that's 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 the same amount of wins in four or five weeks that they've had than I mean than last season. I yeah, mean, both their losses were to good teams. They lost 
to the Eagles, of course, and then yeah. the Commanders have been playing great. It's not like the Jaguars lost to a bad Commanders team. They've yeah. been playing good. Didn't Trevor have um, four or five takeaways? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So okay. the Jags oh. play good. I didn't okay. Say I just good. I just wanted to say that. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. He better not get no more takeaways. Oh, yeah. yeah no. so Jacksonville Jaguars are definitely, definitely a team not. to watch this year. I'm excited for them. Yeah, unfortunately, I've done the discussion there because we're right at right right to hit 7:30. So yeah. Oh wow. Okay, so no eliminations, but do we at least get to hear a winner? Yes, you do get a winner. Okay. You do. You well, I just want to do. Do we all get to say something at the end? So go ahead. Uh, 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 well, unfortunately, right at 7:30, we do the time we keep the station on programming going. So I'll I'll, okay. I'll give out a winner tonight. And that's gonna be Kyle. I thought Kyle had elegant points tonight. I really. Really, did. I, I I think you got chance a little excited there on my New York Football Giants, yeah. but it's okay. I mean, don't worry, it's the Giants. They'll screw it up somehow. I'm not worried at all. It'll be a wild card at best for for the New York Football Giants. It's better than last season. Mm. It, yeah, well, we're done with the boat picture. The boat picture curse is yeah. over. <laughs> Unless they want to hop on another boat and take another boat down New York Harbor, we're good. So, for Chance Gaither, Nate Corning, Kyle Spotting, Victoria Levon, I'm Justin Zimmer. Sports Buzz will not be on there next week due to Wednesday Night Football, but we'll be back in two weeks' time. Thank you for listening, and have a great night. Have a good day at work, honey. Remember, Billy has his first baseball game today. I'll be there. Wouldn't miss it for the world. Hey, Mike, watch out for vehicles today because we weren't able to close off all traffic for the stretch of road we're resurfacing today. Tis the season for roadway construction, and according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, on average, negligent drivers cause 115 fatal occupational injuries at road construction sites per year. So, when you come across the orange cones and flashing lights, remember to slow down. Let's make certain our construction workers get home safe, so Mike can catch Billy's first baseball game. Hey, Dad! You made it! You made it!